Hi, this is Pastor Rick. Welcome to On Demand. Today, we talk about something that we are all facing. It is just amazing how much of this is going on. It's called lying. Lying during the season of politics. Wow, you don't want to miss this. This is my series called Dealing with the Truth About Voting and Politics. It's just really important for you to stay tuned today as we talk about this. You don't want to miss it, people. This is going to be great. Get your Bible open. Get ready for a great journey as we talk about Telling the truth. We, we need that back, don't we? Yeah, stay right there. This is going to be so good. Stay there. But let me, if I can, turn to the topic of the day. And I want to talk about voting and lying. The topic is called the truth about living. Uh, uh, did I say living? No, lying. <laughs> I get this right. The truth about lying to yourself in a political season. The truth about lying to yourself. It's all about lying today. Now, I, I think lying is common. It's one, I often say it's one of the most common things that people do. And they do a lot of it in, in Christian and religious circles. Sometimes we hear things and we say, well, is that true? It's because sometimes it ain't true. Sometimes what we're hearing is exaggerated. But I want to know why is it so easy for people for religious people in particular, to, to, to fall prey to lying. Now, I believe that we are vulnerable, and I've seen a lot of religious zeal these days, but I think there's, a, there's something I want you to think about. Did you know that sometimes when, when you have a dream and you have faith, your faith can be what traps you? Now, hear what I'm going to say. Sometimes we, we are vulnerable to lying, during political seasons, because our faith lies to us. Now, not the faith, be clear, not the faith in Jesus. That don't lie to us. That's the truth. But our tendency to have faith in individuals, our tendency to have faith in certain systems, and we didn't think about it. For example, when you get married, you have faith in your way of living, and you get married and you you know you know what you're doing until you get a spouse and then they show you you don't know what you're doing. You have faith in the way you wash dishes. You have faith in the way you do things. Sometimes we come to life with confidence and the confidence is, is really, it's sincere, but it's not right. It's not the right way to teach a class. It's not the right way to manage a company. We have faith in our faith, not in God. So hear what I just said. What, what can cause you to not see that you're being lied to? What can cause you to miss out on something, especially in this kind of season? Because you want to have faith in something. You want to believe in something. And so if you're not careful, you won't pay attention and you will miss an important truth. Now, I've been on a journey with you for the last few weeks and I've been trying to take you down a road and I've been, we've been sharing. This is number three in our series. So let me show you the four sermons we have in mind for this series. And we've covered Two of them. This is the third one. You ready? Number one, we talked about the truth about voting in politics and we talked about governing and the fact that we all are governed together. And I showed you this history and you might want to go back and listen to the sermon. And I said in this history, a person has a, um, a tendency to not remember that this is an experiment in America. 1776 is when we were we declared our independence from Europe and now we are starting this brand new, in 1776, this brand new plan, independence, the Revolutionary War, launched us into this new season. So here we are now. 
fighting in this new season, free people, free as a nation. We've, we've won the war, and now we have other issues. Things we didn't quite deal with well. Slavery was one of them. Uh, treatment of women was another. And I talked about all of that in the sermon. And it was a really powerful message to help you understand that. Secondly, we talked about triumphalism. The second sermon is called The Truth About Christian Triumphalism. And triumphalism is this whole idea of conquering everybody, especially politically. And we brought that from Europe, that whole idea of conquering and taking over and went from nation to nation fighting. We were, as a, as a world, full of people who were trying to conquer everybody way back from the Roman days forward. Conquering was it. Triumphalism is a Christian behavior sometimes these days. And I talked about that and how we can have this mindset that we want to take over. And then I, I don't know that sometimes that works well but with the servant mindset. The Bible said we're supposed to be servant leaders. And so, well, you might say, well, Pastor Rick, do you want everybody to lead? Anybody? I said, no, I didn't say anybody. I just said you need to be careful that you, you're not so focused on being in charge that you don't listen to anybody. And it's really easy for you to fall into that. Thirdly, today we talk about something else, lying. Lying in politics. The sermon's called this, The Truth About Lying to Yourself. Why we lie to ourselves during political seasons. The whole issue of lying to yourself is a very common problem. Now, I've done that, and I'm sure if you're honest, you say you've done it. There were things you believed that you thought were really true. You were so sure that you knew how to raise kids. You were so sure you knew how to manage money. I, th I thought I was. I was sure about a lot of things. Some of you are so sure you're saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, if you don't know what that is, that's okay. That's language that some, some of us use in some of our Christian circles. Some of us are so saved. I mean, you save, you save and save. You so save. You, and if you're in the room right now with some of your family members and, and they say, you know, he's talking about you right now. He's talking about you with your save, save self. Perfect. Everything you think and say is perfect. But that's not true. And I think there's a reason why we fall prey to that. There's a reason why. And we'll talk about that today. But next week is going to be really interesting. Because next week I'm going to talk about this whole question of how do, you, how do you deal with people that don't want your Christ? I don't think we have a formula for that. So next week I'm going to talk about this, the truth about being spiritual in a secular world. What if they don't want to be a Christian? What do you do with them? I want to talk about living with and loving secular people or unchurched people. How do you live in the house with people that they've heard your sermon, they've heard you preach, but they say, I don't want to do what you're doing right now. Can you love me for me? Can you accept your husband if he never comes to your church or wants to hear your pastor? Can you put your arms around him? What you see in the political environment is an attitude that says, no, unless you become like me, there is no getting along with me. You're going to have to be like me to get along with me. And that's a problem. And it's narrow-minded and it's not healthy. Because here's a proverb. I love this verse. Proverbs chapter 20, 21 says this. Every man's ways is right in his own eyes. Every man's way is right in his own eyes. He thinks he's right. You think you're right. But you can be wrong. You can be wrong, wrong. One more time. Wrong. <laughs> Maybe another time. Wrong. One more. Wrong. You can be. You can think you're right. But, but you can be wrong. Man, I've said that enough. You got it? Good. Let me, let me give you a little insight. And I, I, I wrote this out, and I, I, I may just, I want you to think about this for a second. I want you to think about this. Our desire, and I'm, I'm going to put this on the screen because I want you to see this. I want you to see this. Our desire to believe something 
or a great cause can blind us to truth. This can be especially true when you label yourself by a particular party or name. I am a fill in the blank. Therefore, I must believe fill in the blank. Anyone who is a fill in the blank must be supported no matter what. This kind of thinking blinds us and enslaves us to others. So here's the bottom line of that. I put all that in the screen because I want you to see it. There's an assumption that if I'm going to get along with you or whoever, the temptation is to say, well, you have to be then a Republican or you have to be a Democrat or you have to be a whatever, fill in the blank. You have to be wealthy. You have to have a certain education. We, we have these fill in the blank answers that people have to fill in in order to get along with us. And so what we do is we enslave people. If we're not careful, the mindset that we have today is one that enslaves people. It takes away everybody's right to be an individual. And so the whole premise is, if you want to be in, in a relationship with me, if you want to be my friend, then you've got to do exactly what I say. And so what we've done is we've done something that's really just quite, quite surprising. We've allowed ourselves to somehow think in ways that's unhealthy. For example, I've got three questions I want you to think about. There's three questions. Number one, why do you believe politicians over what you personally see in front of you? Why do you believe politicians over what you personally see in front of you? Why? They can, they can say something to you, right? And you can see something totally different and believe them because they said it. That's not a hand. That's a foot. <laughs> Yeah, they can tell you that, and you believe it. Why? Here's why. We are so eager to believe something and believe in something that we allow our personal belief systems to lie to us. We're not willing to pause and look at that. We become vulnerable to a lie because we so want to believe in something. And we so want to believe in it that we want everybody else to believe in it. We don't have room for any other views at all. So here's a question. Why do you believe politicians over what you personally see in front of you? Number two, here you go. Why do you allow the media to be your new Bible? Why? Now, I, I think the media is valuable. I'm a big media guy. I like news. I do. But I must say, somehow we've gotten to the point that they're the new Bible now. Whatever they say on either side of any conversation is it. Now, I'm not saying that that's wrong for them to report the news, but I want to just be clear. Let me get to a third point here. Number three, why do you fight your brothers over people? Watch this now. You do not personally know. You don't know any of those people. You don't know any of them. None of them. None of them. <laughs> now, I know a couple of them, a few here and there, but I, I don't think I need to be fighting people over them. You know, there used to be a time when news was news, not commentary. Now, news is all about commentary. It's all about, they show you something and then they say, now let me tell you what that really means. Here's what, here's what that really means. I know what you think it means, but here's what it really means. And so you spend a lot of your time in life, oh my goodness, just um, drawn in to somebody else's opinion. You don't even have an opinion your own. Now, I want to jump to something that's going to be a surprise for you. And it was a surprise for me. I'm going to take you to the book of Revelations. Kind of. 
Hold on. <laughs> We're going to talk about something called eschatology. I'm, I need to jump for a minute here because what I want to show you is that God talked about this. See, God talked about the tendency of man would be to be a ruler over other men, to create ways and means to make everybody subservient to his viewpoint, to his way of thinking. They want everybody to be what they say. They tell you, you've got to be a whatever, and you've got to be that in order to be accepted by them. And this is, this is a tendency that the Bible says the Antichrist will have. Now, I want you to hang with me for a minute. We're going to go to, to the book of 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 9. Now, I try to avoid teaching on this verse because it, it can be complicated. And I want to tell you right now, it can be complicated, but I'm not going to make it complicated. I'm going to make it simple. <laughs> I've worked on this, so I'm going to try. You ready? Now, watch this. I'm going to tell you something. The word eschatology is what we're going to talk about, that big word. And the word means study of last things, eschatos, the idea of studying the last things. And so you have books that deal with Daniel. Some parts of Daniel deal with the last things. You have parts of uh, especially Revelation, so oh boy, and throughout the New Testament, a lot of the Old Testament. There's a lot of eschatology, but there's a whole ton of it in, in the New Testament. And I want to get you on your own to read the 13th chapter of Revelations in hopefully a modern translation like the Message Bible. Or it would be better just to get a good commentary. And the Bible knowledge commentary, I'm not sure what knowledge commentary you use, but just, just look it up in a commentary in Revelations 13 and explains a little bit better for you. But, it, but if you don't want to, don't worry. It's, it's one of those unique places in the Bible where you need a little bit of help. Okay, But in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul has a conversation. And in this conversation, he lists six things I want to talk about. Ready? Here we go. I'm going to start with three first. He lists six, lists three. And so I'm going to do the three first, and then I'm going to come back. Here you go. So these are three things to watch out for in the last days. Follow me. I'm going to say that a lot. Three th- I'm going to have three what they call main things I want to say. Right? The first of the main things has three parts to it. Okay? Here we go. Three things to watch out for in the last days. And you're going to see that when you look at our voting and you look at the atmosphere we're in, this is a last day atmosphere. This is something that Jesus said would happen. This is something Paul said would happen. In the last days, it's going to be like this. And Matthew chapter 23, 24, 25, he talked about all this stuff. But now Paul picks up the conversation in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. And here are the three things he says. Number one, watch out for leaders who are lawless. First thing he says, number two, watch out for leaders who do not embrace the truth. Number three, watch out for leaders who delight in wickedness. Now, stop right there. Some of you already made it. Oh, yeah, I know who we talking about. Say it now, preacher. That's what I'm talking about. Boy, Pastor Rick, get down. This is a <laughs> first of all, don't you misread what I'm saying. OK, don't read it to this. I know you're going to do it anyway. But let me tell you this. Now, hang with me. Stay with me. Focus, people. Here's what I want you to see. This is about the Antichrist. This is about an attitude. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9 is about the Antichrist, just like Revelation 13. They call him the beast. In the Bible, they call him the Antichrist. But today, 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 I'm simply making an observation. I'm going to a point. The point I'm headed to is why we lie in political seasons, why we lie. Be clear about what the big point of all this is going to be. The point's going to be this. Okay. These people want power. 
That's the point. These people want power. The power they want is only going to be accomplished when they rule the world. That's what the Antichrist is about. The beast wants to rule the world. What a goal, what an ambition, what a plan. So this guy wants to rule the world. This guy wants to take over. Amazing. Listen to what the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9. The coming of the lawless one, the beast or the Antichrist, will be in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie. Look at verse 10. And all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Verse 11. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. And so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. Now, I want to just help you see this, and I'm not going to go back too far. I just want to say this and move on. Because they wouldn't believe the truth, verse 11, God sends them a powerful delusion. I want to put that back on the screen. I want you to see this, that verse right here below me. Watch this. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. They will believe the lie. And so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth. See, notice it's kind of like you ever had somebody you try to tell them the truth and then they don't want to believe the truth. So because <laughs> they don't want to believe the truth, then you just kind of just well, believe what you want to believe. That's what he says. Watch out when leaders are like that. Watch out when people like that. And we as Christians have to be careful. We as believers, because we so want to believe something that we'll believe anything if we're not careful. You know, they used to say, if you don't be careful, you know, if you don't believe something, you'll fall for anything. You, you get you get caught in the anything and you get you get wrapped up in stuff and you're not being honest. I'm not. I'm listen. I am not. You may think I'm picking sides, but I'm not. I'm making a point. All politicians all leaders should be held to this standard. We need to tell the truth. And if a person is not doing what they should do, then we should be honest about it. And, and then if you love them, help them do it by telling them. You help them by saying, hey, I like you. I don't want you to go in the wrong direction. You know, here's some things you maybe can improve on and demand it. If you have the opportunity through voting or through speaking to them or writing a letter or saying something, you should not just go along just because you want to, you like somebody. That's not how you that's not how you change the world. That's not how you improve anything. Hope you got that. That's good stuff. If you were sitting there and you write in the chat, you got to say that. Give me a hand clap in the chat if you if you're watching where you can do that. You got to say something. You got to say, give me a bubble or something. You got to say, that is absolutely correct. No, no one's trying to pick on anybody. I don't know about that. Now, I think you're picking, Pastor Rick. I think you're picking, but I don't think you want to say it. No, I'm not. I really believe what I'm saying. I really believe it's true. Okay. If you want to know how I mean this, I'm, I'm going to say this. Ready? If you like Donald Trump, tell him the truth. If you like him and you want him to be a good leader for a long term, tell him the truth. Whoever the president is, whoever the senators are, tell your senators the truth. 
If they lied, if they didn't do something, tell the truth. And say, don't, don't do that. Like you tell your kids, don't do that. Like you tell your staff people, don't do that. Don't lie to the customer, tell the truth. No, that's not blue, that's green. You don't let people send out stuff to your customers that's not true, do you? I, I'm not, I'm not, you, you might, you might, look, look, open your eyes for a minute. Open my eyes together. So I'll look together here for a minute at the truth and say, if we care about America, you have to tell America the truth. Slavery was wrong. Having poor people make less than they should make is wrong. Having a business where you don't give benefits when you could, when you could, that's wrong. You ought to do it. Come on, why are you doing that? Why you let that man work 29 hours and the benefits start at 30 and you cut him back <laughs> and you could do that? All you're doing is pocketing the money. You already got enough. Share. It's wrong. Somebody should tell you it's wrong. It's not right. I have staff. I, we, I mean, I, I, I understand payroll. I get it. Believe me, I get it. Benefits and taxes, I get all that. But I have to do right. I can't, just, I can't just reward myself and reward the people who are the executives. I have to think about everybody. Everybody. One more time. Everybody. That's what's right. And you have to tell leaders that. And sometimes we don't tell each other that. You can't be lawless. You can't ignore truth. You got to tell the truth. See, a person who has power should be careful. God holds us to a high standard, you know. He does. You know, there's a lot more I was going to say. I think I'm going to change gears. I think I'm going to do something different. I want you to read this on your own. I'm just going to say this real quick, and you read this on your own. But I want to I close with some thoughts. Six, the, the verse, um, if you go back to verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 1, and you walk all the way down, there are like six things he talks about. He talks about the deliverance, the lie, the warning, the evidence, and all the things he told the, 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 the Antichrist. He talked about the spirit of God restraining him, the restraint period. He talked about the promise, all that. The promise is what I'm going to get to in verse 8. Here's what he said. He said, then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. In the end, the Antichrist loses. That's what I want you to get to. So if you're writing this down, let me tell you again. Number one, if you read chapter two, verse one, he talks about the deliverance that Jesus will bring. He talks about the lie that we'll be faced with, the faith. We talk about the warning. He talks about the evidence. There'll be this moment where you can look and see how the world is going and there's evidence that when the last days, he talks about that. Then he talks about how the Holy Spirit's restraining, the restraining season where the Holy Spirit holds back final judgment and gives us a chance to get things right. But then he says, but in the end, I promise you I'm coming. Now, here's the deal. And I, I just want, I want to just close on these final thoughts. Do you realize, do you realize how important the truth is? Do you realize that if we start lying to ourselves, that we're no good to anybody? Do you realize that if you allow yourself, and I have to tell the truth, I've lied to me. I've, 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 I've had to say, you know, now you need to do better with your money than that. You need to do better with your health than that. You need to spend more time with your wife. You need to spend more time working out, exercising. You need to start walking. You need to watch what you're eating. You don't just pray over that bad food. You need to get something healthy on the plate. 
You need to, you need to get yourself together because you're going to end up dead if you're not careful. That's the truth. There you go. You're going to be gone. You, you're checking out. If you don't watch yourself. I mean, you're seeing right now in the world this incredible moment where 200,000 plus people have died. And you, you don't want to wear a mask. You think it's a political statement. It's your freedom and your right. Don't cut me off. Listen, I'm just trying to live. We're in this together. If you can't get that truth, you're lying to yourself. There's a good friend of mine right now that I've known since I was a teenager. And she went somewhere before the mask thing was known. She's in healthcare, dedicated her life to helping people. And that wonderful young woman has COVID. She caught it from somebody. That's the truth. Somebody made it know they had it, however, but somebody gave it to her. And she's been struggling. Can hardly sit up straight. That's the truth. You want to be that person? You want to be her struggling right now to sit up straight? Used to get up and exercise and get around and now she's struggling. Because somebody gave it to her. That's the truth. We're in a world of trouble. You're in a world of trouble when more people have died in a few months than all the people that died in the war in Vietnam. When you're having 9-11s every two or three days in this country. That's the truth. We cried and wept over three, 4,000 people dying in 9-11. And now... They're dying every two or three days, and we don't even notice it. The truth is, that's not good. The truth is, we're lying to ourselves. We got to band together, fight together, be together. Even if we disagree, and I'm going to talk about that next week. Because here's what I believe. We're not good at dealing with people who disagree with us. And that's sad. And, and let me say to you Christians, <laughs> you need to really get your game together. And learn to love everybody. Jesus loved for God so loved the world before they came to God. If they never come to God, he loved them enough to die on the cross for them. And we need to love them and show more love if they never come to Christ. And that includes the gay man in your neighborhood. That includes anybody that you think shouldn't be what you think they shouldn't be. It's the drunk. It's the, anybody. In, I don't care what category you have listed for all the bad people. All, you know, we got our list. You know, all the, oh, they're the bad, bad people. They need God real bad. They need this one right here and this one right here and this one right here. And that one over there don't go to church and they don't tithe. You got all them people. But let me get on your list. Pride, arrogance. Narrow mindedness won't, won't ignore science, ignore. That's what they say about you. That's why 80 percent of them don't go to church. And dropping. All the pastors trying to get back in the building. You might get back in there if you're not careful. Nobody's going to be there. Or nobody wants to come to people who don't care about us when we're down. You need to show concern. You need to show care because they won't forget it. 
They won't forget. They won't forget this day. They won't forget what we've done. They won't forget that we gathered and went to our churches. If we're not careful and spread this disease all around, people will not forget it. They will remember their mama died, their cousin died, their auntie died. And they went to your church and you didn't take the right precautions and you didn't make sure things were safe. They won't forget it. And in a bad day, they may sue you one day. Pray none of that happens. But you have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to not lie to ourselves, to tell the truth and to find a way to get along with everybody. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 12, 15, pursue peace with all men. I'm going to pick that up next week. We got to get along. My time's up today. I'm done. I want to pray for you. Father, we've talked about a lot today. We've said a lot today. Uh, this, this whole study of what you said about the last days and the spirit of the Antichrist would come into the world. The spirit of the Antichrist. I'm not saying anybody that's alive today is the Antichrist. I don't believe that today, the leaders today. I don't believe that. I'm not saying, I'm saying that we are facing the spirit of that. The, the idea that we're worrying more about conquering each other than getting along. And that's unhealthy. Help us to tell ourselves the truth, even when it's hard. We've got to do better than this. And we've got to band together in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, thank you for letting me be with you today. Thanks for coming to my home. Thank you for letting me come into yours, business, wherever you are today. And let me say this to you. We're going to make it through this together. We're going to be, we're going to be okay today. We are. And I want to tell you right now, I'm committed, committed to believing and praying for you. I, I've said so much today. I'm going to let you go. Go think about what I've said today. Put it in your heart. Pray about it. Talk about it with your friends. Link it and send it to a friend. And say, hey, let's talk about this. We, are, are we deceiving ourselves? What if, how have I deceived myself? Sit down and think about that. Let that be your homework. How have I deceived myself? How long was I deceived? That'd be a good homework assignment. How long did you date the wrong person? How long did you chase after the wrong thing? How long, how long did you lie to yourself about those things? And, and are you lying to yourself? I had to face myself and say, you need to look at this again. And you need to put your arms around people that maybe you've been rejecting. I don't have to, I don't have to live like people. I don't, have to, I don't have to agree with people. I can live the life I believe I should live, but I can still love people. And that, my friend, is a priority. Man, I got to go. Thank you for being with us today. And thank you so much for, for hanging with us through this series. We got one more sermon in the series. Then we're going to start a brand new series that you're going to love. It's called Just About You. That's right. I'm going to talk about how you have forgotten about you. That's coming up after next week. And how sometimes you can live your life and all you think about is your husband, your children, and, and, and you forget about you. And sometimes God's answer for you is just with you. He isolates you for a reason. There's something that can happen during this pandemic season that can change your life if you allow God to help you learn how to work through isolation. That'll be another study week after next. Next week, we close out this sermon on voting and politics, and we'll talk about how do you love people that aren't like you. It's going to be great. Got to go. Thank you so much. And I want to pray a prayer for you. Some of you today, you heard the sermon. You said, man, I, Pastor, what I need is I need God in my life. I, I need to give you said a lot today, and man, I, I need somebody to pray with me because my walk with God, I need what you talked about. I need to tell myself the truth. 
So let me pray for you. Father, I pray for people today who've been away from God, who need God in their life, who need to give their lives to God, who committed, Lord the God, the mistake of walking away. So let this be the moment they say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I surrender my life to you, and I ask you to be my Lord from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I pray you were blessed by today's message, and I pray that you see now that sincere people can be deceived. People can get it wrong. Whether you are a Christian who believes that your view of the world is the view, you can be wrong, and we can all learn from each other. I believe that the Bible says that God sends us into all the world to preach the gospel, but I think he also sends us to learn. We learn as we talk to others. We learn that our ways aren't the right ways. One of the tragedies in our culture is we polarize. Republicans against Democrats, Democrats against Republicans, independents don't know which way to go. People are confused because we've allowed our leaders to confuse us. And we need to stand up and say, we don't fight, we work together. We need each other. And so I want to pray for you today. I want to pray today that you would say, we need truth. We need to tell the truth and we don't need to make any news reporter our, our spiritual leader. We can learn from them, but they need to do news and not just commentary. Commentary has become the deficit of our day. I think sometimes in life, the guy who's struggling up north, working on his farm, has a viewpoint that needs to be heard. The guy in the inner city, struggling, trying to make it, trying to find a job, whose unemployment rate may be twice the nation, needs to be heard. The woman who's struggling at home, trying to raise children. Everybody deserves to be heard. And so let's pray today for all of us. Father, I thank you for this time I pray that what we study today would be a blessing and that we all learn to link together. We need each other in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to me today. I pray this blessed you. If it did bless you, link it, send it to a friend, and share this message and allow somebody else to be blessed. You take care and have a great day. My name is Ricky Temple. You go and have a blessed day and stay sharp.